Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you every single week there at 10 a.m. UK time. Very happy to be joined by Bailey. How do you, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm all good, TC. How are you, mate? Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. You'll be glad to hear, people, that uh, this is the last, as far as I'm aware anyway, uh, Arsenal Agenda show that you have to be without our good friend Chris. He will be returning on Monday. He's had a nice week off on holiday, so we'll be welcome him back next week uh, so you don't have to deal with just us two. Marcus, thank you for the kind, consoling comment in the chat box. Yes, we're well aware that Patrick Schick and Renata Sanchez will not be joining Arsenal this summer. Uh, we deal with it, we move on, and uh, we comment on plenty more transfer issues in the meantime. Speaking of which, uh, we kick off with kind of the headline news regarding Arsenal's transfers and a new target that cropped up yesterday and Alexander Sinchenko from Manchester City. How do you feel about this link, Bailey? Um, okay, I'm 70 for it, 70% for it, 30% against it. Uh, okay. the, reason I'm, well, the reason I'm for it is because he's a Premier League proven player. He plays left back. He can fill in for, for Kieran Tini and he's also can play midfield so he can fill two positions which is very useful. I think we need a fullback and we need a midfield and you're almost killing two Two birds with one stone there. So I think that's a positive signing. Of course, he's won Premier League's under Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, that's where he's trusting him in, in the most important of moments. So I think it would be a good signing in terms of that. And he's still young, so he still has time still has time to grow. The reason why I'm against it is because he's not City's main main player. I don't think he's Pep Guardiola's main starter. If he can pick his first eleven, he wouldn't start Sinchenko. And where we're already signing Jesus, I don't want us to be signing almost City's backup players. It almost feels like what Everton used to do with Barcelona when they signed Yeri Mina, Lucas Dean. It almost felt like we're taking mm. a step backwards and we're accepting that we're going to be behind Manchester City. Rather, I'd like to sign players to try and compete with Manchester City rather than just signing their... So not their dead wood because they've been important to them, but they're, they're backup players. And it does make me feel a bit worried that we're just becoming a... Not a Man City B team, but are becoming a Man City B team kind of. But again, Sinchenko showed that he's a solid player. Manchester City, they're a good team. So getting into that side isn't easy. So... Again, I'm for it. I'll be. I'm not against signing him. I think for me, the difference is like if you look at Chelsea and the signings we made from them, Czech, Louise, Willian. You know, these guys were coming towards the end of their yeah. careers. You know, both Jesus and Zinchenko are on the up. You know, they're mid twenties. They're only going to get better. They're going into their prime years as players. I think we get them during their best possible time. So. I, I look at it differently to to the Chelsea side of things and I would disregard kind of the idea of it being a Man City reject type of thing. I get that it's tongue-in-cheek on, on social media, but I think that there is potential in, in those signings. Look, we've got Kieran Tierney, who is a better left-back than Zinchenko, but Zinchenko offers, you know, plenty more than I think Tavares does right now. I think he's, you know, that Premier League experience and quality and winning mentality, can play in midfield, can play attacking midfield. I mean, you could argue that he could play into the midfield position when we want to go up against some of those lesser sides in the Premier League with respect, you know, teams that we can maybe play Zinchenko in the midfield instead of someone like Xhaka. He offers plenty going forwards as well. So, 
I think it would be a really shrewd uh, bit of kind of transfer work by Edu and Arteta to get someone like Zinchenko in because you've got someone that's going to be improving. But I get your point. You know, we want to be signing players that aren't necessarily always going to be coming from the teams that we're trying to match and to, to close the gap on. Um, and that will come, I think, with other players, maybe like Tielemans coming in, players that can improve and, and get better. But um, ultimately, we can only wait with time to see what these types of players would do. Uh, a player that I know that you like very much uh, has come back into the media again. Hussein Awar, 12 million, 12.6 million pounds, supposedly, which I think is around 15 million euros. Is that uh, a no-brainer of a move now, being that cheap? Uh, TC, you already know what I'm going to say. Of course, of course it is a no-brainer. When I saw his, when I saw him on the thumbnail for the Arsenal Way show, it left me, I woke up with a smile on my face. I was like, here we go. Finally, he's back in contention to potentially be joining Arsenal because he is the ideal midfield transfer for 13, 13 I must stress, 13 million pounds. You can't go wrong with that signing. I mean, why would you say no to that for 13 million pounds? I think it's a risk. He is good enough. It's a risk worth taking. <laughs> Just like Tielemans this year, he hasn't been he hasn't been the greatest. But also, he's been unsettled at Lyon. He was meant to leave last season. Tielemans, we're using that same excuse for Tielemans saying, yes, his future has been undecided because he hasn't been playing well because his future is undecided. So why can't we use the same for Hussein Aula? Hussein Aula was absolutely quality for Lyon during their Champions League campaign in 2019. And the season after, 2020-2021, we need the goal scoring midfielder. He scored more goals than Arsenal's midfield combined. And he's just a quality midfielder. He's press resistant, which we which we need. He's a ball carrier, which we do not have in the midfield. It makes sense. Go and get Hussein Aula why he is available for £13 million. Because you can get Tillemans, who's a better player, for £12 million more, probably. You can That's... sign both. You can sign both. Why do we need both? Like, I, I just don't think that Awar is the type that you look at and go, yeah, he is going to upgrade on everything that we've got because, you know, he's inconsistent. He can be a passenger during games when Tillemans. Leon aren't playing well. He's not playing well. Tillemans you know, this season, I think, is a little bit of an anomaly. Like, you look at this year under Leicester. Leicester have been poor. Overall, they've been poor. And his situation, I think, has led into that as well. Whereas Awar, I'd say, for the last two seasons, even two and a bit seasons, you know, has been a passenger at times for Leon. It's just not been good enough, mate. Just not I, good enough at I all. I think he has been good enough. I think he. Why do you think good. he's gone from he's, fifty million to twelve? Because of course, there's been issues. He's been wanting to leave the club. His contract is, of course, running down too. White. Yes, he's had. I know the director has spoken about his issues in a dress room example, but that's because he has wanted well, I don't to. Want leave that. I don't want that. That I is because he's issues. wanted to leave the club and he hasn't been granted his wish. Sometimes players, the top players, they don't get what they want. They 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 assert their the dominance in the dressing room and they say they want to leave. I think any top player that shows sometimes it can be a negative, sometimes it can be a positive. We don't know the situation with Houston. That could be a positive. But Tielemans as well has been poor this season and he has been very disappointing. He has got he hasn't got the mobility defensively, he's poor. So I think him or Aula, I'll take either or I'm not against signing Tielemans, but I don't I think it's unfair to say Aula has been poor last season and can't mention Tierman's poor form because they both had their future unsettled. So, and Aula has shown, he has, Aula has shown on the bigger stage what quality play he has where Tierman's hasn't played too much in the Champions League. Of course, he did for Anderlecht and partly for Monaco, but Aula has done it against the best teams. Of course, he destroyed Manchester City in the Champions League during the pandemic as well. So, I think Aula for 13 million is still one. It's a deal we should get done. 
Fair enough. Uh, I don't think we're going to see eye to eye on, on LR, <laughs> to be honest. You know, I I think there's big reasons why he's dropped to such a low price and, and why Leon be willing to get rid of him for such a, a small figure that go beyond just the amount of time left on his contract. And I think that Arsenal can get better, um, to be honest, than, than someone like him. Uh, I can see him moving to a Newcastle. You know, I can see them taking advantage of that type of move. They, they seem to be building basically Leon at this point, yeah. Newcastle, <laughs> Pagetta and, and now are linked as well. But yeah, look, I'd rather go for someone like a Tielemans. I'd rather go for a Fabian Ruiz that was said to be, you know, 16 million odd quid as well. So I'd rather go for players like that in the midfield than, than someone like Awar. I just think he's, I just don't think he's, he's a, as much of a protagonist as I want a midfield signing to be. Um, now, we've seen a lot of basically movement from other teams at the moment. You know, Aston Villa are making some big moves, bringing in Bubica Kamara. Diego Carlos joining as well. Uh, Leeds have recently brought in Brendan Aronson, a really exciting young uh, American international. Is it concerning you seeing other teams like Villa in particular doing this type of business at all? No, because they're not our targets. I think Villa, of course, they had a chance to plan in place. I know it is worrying on the surface because you think of, I think Arsenal fans have nightmares of Dusan Flavich uh, when the transfer rolled on for so long that we end up losing out on him. It's always feeling like, Feeling a bit like that with Gabriel Jesus because it seems like we're getting news of every stage that's going on rather than mm. just getting the deal done over the line like Aston Villa did with Diego Carlos and and uh, and Kamara. But I must say this that it's a positive that Aston Villa are signing players who whose club have just signed for the Champions League because it shows you can throw money at a player and they will join the club. And I think Arsenal might need to do that with a couple of targets this this season if due to the fact we're not playing in the Champions League and it should eradicate the fact that we're not playing in in European in a European elite competition. So let's take it as a positive. Aston Villa are, are able to sign players who should be playing in the Champions League with their current club so Arsenal can do the same. But yeah, as you said, TC, it's not worrying, but we do need to process these deals and fast before other play, other clubs start start coming in for the players. Do you think there's... Because um, obviously it's only the 27th of May, you know, the, the season's not even finished at this point because of the Champions League final yeah. this weekend... Is there, do you think there's maybe a bit of an overreaction at the moment that things are, I don't want to use the word slow because I don't think they're slow. You know, we've made a signing already in Turner. Marquinhos is a deal that, barring any of these legalities that we're learning about, of course, you know, should be done as well. And I feel like deals for the likes of Hickey or Zinchenko or Jesus would only be within the next month that they would kind of get done. And that isn't slow. So is there an overreaction? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because what other clubs have made a signing, Haaland was done probably in yeah, January, so you can't really consider that, except from Aston Villa and and another few clubs who are smaller clubs. Mm. I can't think of any other transfers that have been announced. I'm no, sure Chelsea like, haven't, as far as I'm aware. Manchester United. Spurs haven't. Manchester United haven't, haven't. Liverpool haven't. No. It's it's really early. It's the 27th yeah. of May. And <laughs> look, I get that the season starts a week earlier than usual because of the, the World Cup. I know that we've got a lot of work to do. I know that we need to get moved players out, but Usually what you see is you see the big rumour hype kind of build up. Players go on their holidays, they finish their seasons. There's obviously the international break as well. It can sometimes take a month before stuff really starts to move. But I'm hopeful about this window. You know, I'm excited to see what we do this window and I'm excited to see what, um, you know, comes out of it. So let's let's chill. We don't have to panic just yet. Uh, Venga Boy, though, is worrying. Sam Morata links has been strong, it seems. Hugely worrying. I know there's a report, I think it was from Sport in mm-hmm. Spain, 
that said that he was very close. I mean, Bailey's getting a call now from sport to say that you know, it's not <laughs> happening. But uh, very keen on that. Uh, what do you think about this possible deal? Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's true. Sport have just called me now saying, uh, "Bailey, be careful what you say." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, for some reason, I think it's, it's. It can't be true. Surely not. Morata for thirty million pounds. Uh, that makes no sense. We had a chance to sign him in January. If that was the case, he would have got a deal done then but that obviously did not happen so I reckon it's just links it's just silly links maybe it's agent talk saying that Arsenal are interested in Morata but it's clear that I think Gabriel Jesus and Fitz Osimhen are Arsenal's strikers and you don't target Jesus and Osimhen and suddenly target Avaro Morata who's much older <laughs> I don't think it really makes sense the dynamic's not there the then Gary Neville's uh Gary Neville's point of Arsenal not having a recruitment plan would actually make sense so I don't think that is, <laughs> I don't think that is the case for us signing Morata no, neither do I. Uh, Chatbox, we're going to tackle some of your questions. So if you've indeed got any, please do start throwing them in there and we'll go through as many as we can. Uh, I've obviously been on since the whole Enketia chaos started. Um, I want to hear what you think about this. A hundred grand a week for Enketia? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's, diff- it's difficult to know how much that yeah, is, course, you know, weekly yeah, wage. But let's what just, do you think let's about Let's just it? say it's on the surface, it's hundred. We're giving Enketia 100k. Me and Umar had... A little bit of a disagreement because I said 100k is absolutely ridiculous. It's almost mm. like Chelsea offering Hassan Odoi 120k a week when he scored one Premier League goal. I believe Enketra has six or five Premier League goals well, this season anyway. I don't think yeah, that warrants. I don't think I, that, I don't think you that say warrants. it warrants. He hasn't played, is he? Like, I know, but I still, I mean? that's what I'm saying. That's why he hasn't played anyway. So how does that warrant 100,000 pounds? A week, then I say if we offer Enketia hundred thousand pounds a week, Saka, who deserves a new contract at, at the summer, how much how much money does he, does he deserve now? He must be given at least three hundred k, two hundred fifty k in along those numbers. So if we are paying that much for Enketia, then I think other players can use can use that as a as a as a vantage point to say, look, Enketia's getting hundred k. I've done this much. I've done this much for the club. So why are you giving him that much and I'm getting this much? And of course, I know Enketia and Saka. I believe they have the same agent. So Mm. that's a great negotiation point right there but yeah I think 100k is ridiculous I'm not against Enketa signing a contract I'm just a bit worried about the 100k mark when I was looking at this site, uh, FB Ref, which I look at for mm-hmm. a lot of kind of statistical comparisons, like his numbers are mad. Like his stats, his percentiles, where he's up, like he's in the, he's above the 87th percentile for non penalty goals, non penalty XG, um, non penalty plus XAs, you know, pass completion, pass progressive carries. He's up there with the 85th percentile, touches in the attacking penalty area, pressures, you know, is how, how much energy he's brought to the team has been so good. You know, he's, he's above average on that. It's funny how Val Vekhorst is the highest on that stat there. Um, <laughs> interceptions are good. You know, tackles are good for a striker. Really good, in fact, in the 91st percentile. And he's being compared to, you know, comparatively with these stats. So you look at the players that are linked along the right-hand side there. And there's some of the top strikers around. So... I kind of get the idea of giving him the new contract. I think for me, it's I see both sides of the argument. A hundred grand, if it is a flat fee, which I don't think it is, you know, is a lot of money. But if you, if you scored five goals in eight starts, you know, that's the same amount that Harry Kane scored in the last eight starts he had for Spurs, and he had two penalties in that time. I know it's a small sample size, but it starts to give you a bit of context as to kind of what he could be capable of if you give him. You know, we did that interview with the Beautiful Game podcast where he talked about give me the starts. You know, I'm not starting. I'm not playing consistently. I've been thrown on for the last five, 10 minutes of games and being expected to change things. And that's for me is, is where I kind of see his argument because when he has been given these consecutive starts, he's really impressed. He scored goals. He scored against big teams. He scored in big moments in big games. 
And if he scores and keeps up that kind of rate there across an entire season, you're looking at a striker that can get between 15 and 20 Premier League goals during across a whole season. TC, I'll ask you this. In March, if the news came out that we offered him 100k, how would you react? Oh, I would have been mental, mate. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it would have been mad considering that I would have had nothing to go off. I would have had absolutely nothing to go off to give him 100k. But now I have got stuff to go off. You know, I've got tangible evidence to think that I can understand why we're doing it. The issue for me is that if it stops us from doing anything in the market, you yeah. know, us renewing Eddie and Ketty's contract means that we can't bring in two forwards that I want to see. And I would count a wide forward in that that can play centrally. Look, I wanted to see three, if Eddie and Ketty and Lacazette were going to go, I wanted to see three forwards come in, two strikers and a wide forward yeah. that would come in. One probably to replace Nicolas Pepe is going to go. If Nketiah turns out to be one of the two strikers, but we still go out and get that really top quality striker and a top quality wide forward, I'm not going to have too many qualms with that because it could end up saving us money in the sense that we can reinvest into the midfield or into the versatile fullback area or into another really pressing need. If it turns out that it's got Gabriel Jesus and Serge Gnabry are the two other players that are coming in, plus Nketiah, I think that's a a great option, you know, as your three possible options in the season. So I wouldn't lose my mind. But what I would say is that I don't think it's one that we're going to be able to realistically conclude, not only maybe at the end of the transfer window when we see what's happened, but what obviously he does, you know, during the course of next season. I think what it does mean, though, is that following Balaga needs to go out and loan next season to probably a lower, league, a lower uh, Premier League club next season to get that next step because... He isn't going to get a chance if we're bringing in two forwards and Nketiah's here. I also feel like Balogun, when he signed that new deal, was probably expecting Nketiah to go and leave. So I don't know what that's going to do kind of from his perspective. But if I was him, I'd be looking to get a loan to a Premier League team next season. Yeah, yeah. And I completely agree with you. I think, I feel like we're leaning towards selling for Lauren Balogun. I think we use him as asset rather than a player in the squad. I reckon if he, even mm. if he does well, yeah, probably next season. I reckon we'll end up still selling him for, for money rather than losing him on a free like we was, we was about to do. So I reckon mm. I can see it going down that route, especially if we can give an five years. It's, I don't know how, how bad it will be able to break into the squad. No, neither do I. Uh, Ronald says, honestly, do you see Eddie making it at the Arsenal uh, going for Premier League and Champions titles? Like right now? No, I don't. Yeah. But if he was to keep up that kind of record that he got at the end of the season, you know, five and eight, that is the kind of record that you see from players that take Premier League titles and Champions League titles. But it's a big, big if, you know. There's no there's, there's no way of knowing right now. But I, I find it, I, I do find it a little bit um, ruthless to just completely rule out the probability that Nketiah won't do it. Now we've seen what he can do with starts and regular starts in a team that, you know, was suffering without players like Tierney and Tomiyasu and Partey. You know, this was a weakened Arsenal team that he was scoring in and coming in off the back of barely playing at all, and he's done that. So what I would say is that have more of an open mind. Don't close yourself off to the idea that Nketiah isn't a good move because it will depend very much on what else we do in the market and obviously what he does himself next season. There's a lot of questions to be answered about this, but we'll have to wait and see. The issue for me is obviously if we sign that big striker, he's not going to start. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's not going to start games. So... It's a it's a really it's a really difficult one um, to kind of discuss and talk about. Uh, let's find a question from the chat box. Let's scroll up a little bit more. And uh, 
I know there's quite a few questions at the start of the the pod that I missed. Uh, <laughs> Caravo says, please don't sign Awar. I like this comment. This is a great one. Um, Christopher Chan says, Rafael Liao, £43 million price tag. Would you take him as our striker? He plays mainly as a winger or more of a wide forward. He was, I think the word was untouchable. Yeah, I saw. that's cool. That I don't think Rafael Liao is, is going to be coming into Arsenal. Are you still interested in Arta Mello, says Rancid Pumpkin? I was never interested in Arta Mello. <laughs> I think there was a point where I was like, okay, we're desperate for midfielder towards the end of the transfer window, but he was never my never my first option, to be honest. I think mm. he has better choices out there. He's I think he's too similar, he's very similar to Granite Shaka in terms of his mobility, etc. So I don't think we'll be getting anything too different to to Granite. So I'd say no. Fair enough. I, I do tend to agree. I think there are better options than him out there and he would have to be one of two central midfielders that we ended up getting uh, in the summer. Uh, Bill says, will we sign the Czech forwards? I assume you mean Patrick Schick. No, because he signed a brand new contract yesterday. And Adam Hozek signed And Adam Hozek, of course, went to uh, Bayer Leverkusen as well. They'll be linking up. Got that Czech connection um, going on there. Um, we are going to wrap things up. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. Bailey, thank you ever so much. Appreciate it, fella. Thank you, TC. Thank you for everyone to, as well for tuning in. Absolutely. Uh, we will see you uh, back on Monday for the next Agenda show, but there will be more content, of course, throughout the rest of the weekend. You've got some transfer insights. We've got some interesting uh, chats to go on about and Ketty, I'm sure, to come to. Make sure you stay tuned across the channel. Make sure you turn those notifications on because they will let you know when we drop our content over the weekend. Enjoy the Champions League final. Come on. Uh, what is it? Uh, a la Madrid. Uh, <laughs> obviously, if you want a Madrid win, would be much appreciated. We will see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.